This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I am so excited for our Melrose Place episode this weekend. I know. know. It's literally like my favorite favorite episode of television we've ever done i love it so much i just keep thinking how when we moved here we would see apartments and like that was our reference line we'd be like oh it looks like melrose place i know with the fountain in the middle oh cool now we have a melrose place fantasy island my five-year-old self and my 21-year-old self are freaking out Exactly. All our favorite things in one. Hi, and welcome to Happier in Hollywood, the podcast about how to be happier, healthier, saner, more creative, more successful, and more productive in a backbiting, superficial, chaotic, unpredictable, fundamentally insane world. I'm Liz Kraft, a TV writer and producer living in LA, and with me is my high school friend and writing partner, Sarah. That's me, Sarah Fain. On this podcast, we talk about being writers in Hollywood, how we balance a career and friendship, and how to survive the war of attrition that is life in Los Angeles. In today's episode, we're going to talk about how Violet's first day at a new school impacted the way we're preparing for our possible future. Then in the mailroom, we'll answer a question related to our motto. It's a fun job and we enjoy it. In this week's Behind the Episode, we'll discuss the Fantasy Island episode twice in a lifetime. Finally, this week's Hollywood hack comes from our good friend and fellow TV writer, Bill Krebs. It's one I cannot wait to use. (laughs) But first, Sarah, I had a podcast recommendation for our listeners. And for me, I'm super excited about this one, And for you, yes. So (laughs) on the podcast, we talked about the book Bad Blood by John Carreyrou, which was about Elizabeth Holmes and the rise and fall of Theranos. And I won't go into all the details um, because it's a very complicated story, but a lot of our listeners read the book and then listened to podcasts about it, et cetera. So I wanted to let everyone know that the podcast, The Dropout, hosted by Rebecca Jarvis, has started up again, and it's following the trial of Elizabeth Holmes, which just started August 31st. Yes. So what will I be doing when we're done recording and Violet is at school and uh, I'm unpacking boxes? I will be listening to this podcast. I'm so excited. (laughs) Yes. So I thought people might want to check that out because I know a lot of our listeners were interested in that story. Yes. Uh, Okay, Liz, it is time for From the Treadmill Desks of, where we talk about what's most pressing in our work psyches. And this week, it is expect the worst, prepare for the best. So, Sarah, I should point out this is the reverse of what people usually say, which is 
expect the best, prepare for the worst. Yes. And I was thinking about this this week because Violet is starting at a new school. And I was like, I don't think it's going to be super useful for me to expect the best and prepare for the worst. I think I should expect the worst. And then if the best happens, awesome. I'm ready. That'll be great. (laughs) I know you had major anxiety about it. So you were really thinking a lot about this situation. Yes. It's really, I mean, she hasn't been in school since March of 2020. um, And now she's at a new school in person. I I, I was like the entire first day of school, I was about to throw up. Like my anxiety was just crazy. But if you expect the worst, then you sort of don't freak out when it happens. You're ready. You know what I mean? And then if the best happens, great. So what we realized as we were talking about this and you were trying to soothe my fears Mm -hmm. (laughs) is that this actually applies to our waiting to find out if Fantasy Island is going to get a second season as well. Yes, because despite the fact that I did declare on the podcast, I'm on the record (laughs) saying we're getting season two, the fact is I have no idea if we're getting season two. And I'm, of course, completely anxiety ridden over it. (laughs) and bringing it up with every person that I encounter um, in the world. So you and I were caught in this space of we don't want to have any discussions about season two because we feel that we'll jinx it, right? That by discussing it, we'll cause it to not happen. No, it literally feels like every time we talk about season two, we're diminishing our chances of getting a season two. Yes. It's like we, we should just like put it in a closet and pretend it's not there. Yes. Which that is, of is course, our not super, true. That is our superstitious feeling. But the problem we have with this, which is why we get went to prepare for the best, expect the worst, is that if it happens, no doubt it'll be like, okay, season two, now go. You know what right. I mean? And we will be once again behind um, all, but when we start. It's just the nature of the beast. Yes. And so really, we should be thinking about season two and preparing for right. season two. We have to expect the worst because, you know, so often the worst happens. And if we're ready, then we're, we won't be utterly crushed and at the same time prepare for the best. Yes. So Liz, how are we preparing Okay, so one, I think we mentioned on the podcast, we started a document um, with fantasy ideas for season two, because that's the first thing that's going to come at us if we get a green light is, what are some ideas for fantasies? So we have a running list. Some are just the germ you know, of an idea, just a few words. Some have a few sentences, um, but we have an official list. And then yesterday, we had a great call with our casting director, Mark Rutman, who has so many great ideas, and it sort of made some of the stories that we've been talking about come to life. It was like the most fun call. Yes, because, you know, a big part of Fantasy Island, of course, are the guest stars, because we have different guest stars every week. That's the fun thing about the anthology nature of the show. And so Mark is a big part of conceptualizing different episodes. And then, of course, we're also thinking about possible freelance writers because we both have a small staff for the season. And then we work with freelancers on specific episodes. And I mean, there are so many great people we worked with in the first season. Hopefully we could get some of them back. But there are also people that we would love to work with 
in our theoretical season two. So we're getting our writer ducks in a row. Yes. And then, Sarah, a constant conversation that's really hard to have when we don't have any specific dates, and yet we constantly have it anyway, is trying to figure out when we need to start working, right. which ideally would be sooner rather than later, a lot sooner rather than later. A because lot sooner. We're really hoping in a season two to avoid the crunch that we had season one. So Sarah, even though we feel like, okay, we shouldn't prepare, the fact is the day will come when someone says, so why don't we get on the phone and you can tell us what you're thinking about the first episode. And that very likely could happen before an official green light. Usually, you pitch something about season two before you actually get season two. So you have to prepare for it. I mean, we yeah. prepared for season two of The Fix, ultimately, even though it didn't go. Right. Yeah. You know, there will be a creative conversation and we don't want it to be Monday night and they're like, hey, how about we jump on the phone tomorrow afternoon and talk about season two and we don't have any ideas. Right. We want to be ready to blow them away, even if we have no prep time. So, this is our prep time. <laughs> yes. So mentally, psychologically, emotionally, I think you're right. The key is not attaching to it. Mm -hmm. We know the statistics. I think over 90% of shows fail the first season. And just, I don't know, thinking of it as an exercise in what? Preparedness. It's like you with all of your yes. first aid kits. Exactly. Yes, we are expecting the worst and preparing for the best. And I would love to hear from our listeners. Are there situations in your lives, either work life or home life, where this is the best approach for you as well? Just to give yourself a little bit of zen in these uh, incessantly challenging times. Coming up, we have a question related to our motto, it's a fun job and we enjoy it. But first, this break. Okay, Sarah, it is time for our mailroom segment in which we answer a listener question. This one comes from Anne. She says, I absolutely love your podcast, thank you, and have listened to nearly every episode. Can't wait for Fantasy Island to make its way to Ireland. However, I have a question for you both, and it is coming from a place of genuine curiosity. Both of you often mention the stress levels of your work and how big chunks of it, like the music spotting, is necessary but tedious to you. How do you reconcile that with your mantra of, it's a fun job and we enjoy it? Well, to me, this is why, Sarah, I mean, it is a job, you know? I mean, right. <laughs> there is no job. Like, even if you're a rock star, you're still doing sound checks. I mean, I just, and, and riding a bus to a, you know, another city. I just don't think there's any job that's all fun all the time. It's sort of like, how on balance do we feel about this career? Right. And I also think... Well, two things. One, one of the things we like about our job is that it's really different every day. Mm, yeah. It's not just sitting in a writer's room all the time. It's not just doing editing. It's not just being on set. Like we like the variety of it. And anything that has variety, there are going to be things that you like more than others. 
Yes, of course. But the variety overall is part of what does make it a fun job. Yeah, and I will say the other, another thing we really like is the people. And even yeah. though a certain meeting might be boring, hopefully we like the people we're doing it with. So we can still have jokes and laughs in meetings or activities that we find less interesting than others. Yeah. And I think also Anne is responding to our overall experience of the first season of Fantasy Island, Mm. which has been tougher than other shows we've done. And a big part of that is COVID. And a big part of that is the schedule. Like usually, to be honest, I don't mind spotting. Right, right. Because you're in a room with a bunch of people and you're connecting and you are talking and laughing. Like everything we're doing now remotely is just so much harder. Yes. So much more glitchy, so much less pleasant and personal than it usually is. Yes. Like I usually really enjoy mixes, but now they're just like, oh God, what's good? Can I hear this through my headphones? Can I not? Can I, you know. Is there a delay? Yeah. Exactly. So things that are usually parts of the job that we like right now are just, we really are like, oh God. Okay. Now we have to get through another technologically challenged mix session. The other thing, Sarah, she mentions the stress. I mean, one thing that I do think you and I have to own up to is that there is a big part of us that we enjoy the stress. You know, I mean, I go back to many years ago, we were in the woods outside of Budapest in the mud shooting um, a pilot at three in the morning. And you said, well, I must like this because I keep doing it. (laughs) And I think the thing is, yes, this was very stressful, But it was also one of our grandest adventures, you know, and you and I are very adventure oriented in our career. And so we we don't like the stress, but we also embrace it. And it's sort of part of the big picture of our lives. You know, when I go, I'm talking decades, you and I want to have these experiences. Yes. Violet and I literally just this morning were talking about flying to Hungary when she was a baby and the stopover we had in London. And I was so annoyed with the gate agent, you know, yeah. <laughs> like, like also, that was a super stressful, crazy experience being in Hungary for two months with a little baby. But it's also fun to be able to say, oh, and remember when we were in Puerto Rico for four months when yes. you were eight and it, we like you caught an octopus and you did all this cool stuff and went zip lining with Jack. Like that is part of the fun job experience for yes. sure. Even though it was tough. <laughs> yes. But anyway, thank you, Anne, for reminding us that it is a fun job and we do enjoy it. Yes. All right, Sarah, it is time for Behind the Episode, in which we discussed this week's episode of Fantasy Island. And this week we had Twice in a Lifetime, which I'll first share the logline. Nisha wants the island to help her decide between marrying her parents' proposed match, Savin, and her longtime boyfriend, Josh. So, Sarah, this was a freelance idea that came to us from Sono Patel, who's a wonderful writer. Yeah. Almost all of the episodes, we sort of generated, us and the room, the uh, basic logline. You know, we said, okay, a husband and wife swap bodies. We said, okay, Christine wants to eat and eat and eat. You know, it was generated <laughs> from us. 
But in this case, Sono actually came to us with a really fully fleshed out idea for this episode, and we just immediately loved it and only came to love it more as she developed it more and more. Yeah, it's really hard for someone who is not on a show to really nail a story idea for a particular show. It's just, if you're not in the room and living it every day, it's hard to kind of fully get it. And I mean, she pitched this and it was just like, oh yeah, that's a yes. Big yes. Yes. So Sarah Sono is Indian American and she knows people who have had arranged marriages. And it's not like the way you think of an arranged marriage. I mean, they date, they get to know each other. It's it's not like you meet at the altar. And so she had this idea about a woman named Nisha who had this boyfriend, um, American white boyfriend who she went out with for years. And then suddenly her parents have the perfect guy for her to have an arranged marriage with. And she doesn't know which one to choose. And we end up with like a sliding doors fantasy where her life unfolds with both. And Nisha was played by Anuja Joshi, who we should mention stars in The Resident. So if anybody, if we have The Resident fans out there, she stars in this episode. Yes. And Andy Favreau plays one of her possible marriage choices. We It's fascinating to us because he's John Favreau's brother, not John Favreau, the actor, John Favreau, the speechwriter. Well, who now is... Podcast host uh, slash yes. speechwriter. <laughs> Yes, he does Pod Save America. He's great. Anyway, so Andy was fantastic. Yes. And then the actor who played Savin, whose name is Dhruv Uday Singh, he, like, you know, one of the great things about Kimberly, our assistant, is that she is, like, really knowledgeable about actors. And so his audition came up, and she was like, oh, I know him. I've seen him do improv tons of times. We have mutual friends. He's really great. Usually when that happens, we're like, oh, no, this audition is not going to be great. And then he was so perfect. Yes. I mean, he's really wonderful in the episode. And Sarah, there's one um, just behind the scenes story we wanted to tell to give everyone a sense of little production details from this episode. Yes. At one point in the script, Sono had written that Nisha, just totally sick of constantly having to like hold her hair back while she's, you know, throwing up because she's pregnant, <laughs> um, had grabbed scissors and was going to just like chop up all her hair. And then moving forward in the, in the sliding doors of it, she was going to have shorter hair in the Josh scenes and longer hair in the Savin scenes. But production was just like, we don't have time (laughs) to have a short wig and her hair will never make our days if we're having to change her hair between all of these scenes. So it ends up in the episode being that he just puts her hair in a ponytail. Yes. And holds it back. Oh, well. (laughs) I still think it would have been cool if she had different hair in different timelines. But It's an example of just sometimes things are not possible for very practical reasons. Yes. No, that's why I love the story, because I could see someone watching it and saying it really would have helped if she had different hair in these different timelines. And we agree, but sometimes you just, (laughs) you know, you can't do it. Anyway, it's a really fun episode. Um, Definitely, please go watch it if you haven't already seen it. Coming up, this week's Hollywood hack is the perfect gift. But first, this break. Okay, Liz, it is time for our Hollywood hack. 
And this one, I have to say, I just love. We were on a work call and suddenly we started getting texts and emails from our friend Bill Krebs. And I was like, what is going on with Bill? Like, what is this? Yeah. Um, and then as soon as we got off, we were able to open them. And Bill had sent us a cameo. Genius. Okay, Liz, this is this is your special treat, I think. So you should share. Okay, so for those who don't know, um, a cameo is a message you get from a celebrity tailored to you that somebody pays for. So you go to cameo.com. They have lists of, I mean, so many celebrities. There's reality stars, there are sitcom stars, there are sports people. I mean, anything you can think of. And for a price, they all have different prices. And for a price, you say, oh, will you please say happy birthday, Sarah? Um, This is my friend. She lives in Ojai. She loves your show, et cetera, et cetera. And then the person makes a message and, and, and it gets sent to, you know, the recipient. And so Bill, Bill and I both love Below Deck. Now, Sarah, you're not a Bravo TV watcher, but I am. And (laughs) Bill and I are always emailing about Below Deck. So he sent us a congratulations on Fantasy Island cameo from Chef Kiko from Below Deck 5. And Chef Kiko was this just very sweet Brazilian chef who actually ended up getting fired because he wasn't great, but he was very lovable. And Kiko sent us this awesome message. You were like, who is this? <laughs> but it was so sweet. He was just like, congratulations on Fantasy Island. He was like incredibly charming. Listen, Sarah, thank you know, good luck. And very like chatty and sweet. And it was like the nicest, nicest thing. Yeah. And what's great, Sarah, is that this is a gift that is a great surprise. It's really fun. It's very personal. And it's good for the environment because it's not like a piece of junk sitting in your (laughs) closet. Exactly. Like I'm looking at Cameo right now, Liz. There are like amazing people on here. Brian Cox, an actor from Succession of Shoot. I had I shouldn't have said that out loud. I should have just done that for you. Oh my God. Catherine McPhee, Tommy Chong, Brian Baumgartner from The Office. I, I mean, know. there are like really fun people. If you have a friend who really loves a certain show or a certain sport, I'm sure you can find someone on here. And what's great is the prices range. So they range from like $30 yes. to $500, probably more. And I think a lot of the bigger celebrities give the money they get from Cameo to charity. Yes. So that's also nice. So it's a way to support people. It's a way, it's just fun. It's whimsy, Sarah. And we love whimsy. Yes. Yes. And we need whimsy. More whimsy. So, um, yes, I was, Sarah, I was um, perusing the office people because, you know, my sister loves the office so much. So I was I was looking at the office section yesterday. (laughs) When is Gretchen's birthday? No, it's in December. She might get a message. (laughs) And that's it for this episode of Happier in Hollywood. We love to hear from you. Email us or send us a voice memo to happierinhollywood at gmail.com. Thanks for listening and please subscribe if you haven't already. 
Thanks to our executive producer, the amazing Chuck Reed. Thanks to everyone at Sancola Sound. You can follow them on Instagram at Sancola Sound. Thanks to everyone at Cadence 13. And as always, thank you to Gretchen Rubin. Happier in Hollywood is part of the Onward Project. Check out the other Onward Project podcasts. Happier with Gretchen Rubin, Side Hustle School, and Do the Thing with Whole30's Melissa Urban. Also, check out the newest Onward Project podcast, Everything Happens with Kate Bowler. Get in touch. I'm on Instagram at S. Fain and Liz is at Liz Craft. We also have a Facebook group. Search for Happier in Hollywood on Facebook to join in on the conversation. Until next week, I'm Liz Craft. And I'm Sarah Fain. Thanks for joining us. It's a fun job. And we enjoy it. So, Sarah, how was Violet's first day of school after all that? <laughs> it was good. I think it was really good. I, I, uh, I was prepared for the best, and I think that's how it went. I'm still expecting the worst and preparing for the best. You know what I mean? Like, uh, probably this whole year yeah. I'll be doing that. But it was good. Good first day. How about Jack? Excellent. <laughs> From the Onward Project.